Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond the British. We did it. We beat those British. We pastors. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wow. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. Play down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Everybody, happy Friday to you. It is November 3rd, 2023. I don't know if the intro's over. I do have it playing on my phone and figured it had to be getting close there, Nick Roush. Uh, but Scooch doesn't have his camera on, just isn't really communicating with anybody on this early Friday morning. Hope you're having a great start to your day. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Big X Sports Radio. It is November 3rd. It is chilly outside. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Friday morning. Nick Roush, how are you? Oh, you're muted, too. Hot start for the KRC gang this morning. We, we thought Justin was here. I don't see his, his smiling face, though. Wait, you all don't uh, see me? No. No, because your camera's not on. Weird. Yeah. yeah, I see myself in the meat. I don't understand what's going on. Let me hop out and hop back in. That's weird. Yeah, very oh. odd. Uh, but... <sighs> Oh man! There, I mean, it works. You, you, you know that one knocked us off the radio. Yeah, I right? didn't, didn't think that doing? one. Th- didn't think that one through. <laughs> uh, what, what kind of start are you having this, this morning? This is what there? happens. We're, this is what happens when I stay up past ten o'clock on a on we're, a weekday. We're drunk, <laughs> we're drunk off the Steelers win, man. That was an awesome game last night. That was a lot of fun, Scoots. I don't know about you, but I had a lot of fun watching that football. Was that the prettiest the Steelers have looked all year? I don't know that they looked all that pretty. If we're being honest oh, about it. It's, I mean, it's relative, though. They it's they a, did just enough to get the win. I had a great gambling night as well. So, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling awesome today. I was one goodwill of a scramble away from a huge payday last night. Uh, I know a lot of people had that over 10 and a half yards rushing prop, but he still did deliver with the interception in the end zone with what, like 10 seconds left, maybe? No, I mean, it was it was right there oh, during he, the wire. He got them down to the 20. Six seconds. Yeah. So they had, they had two shots at the end zone. He tried throwing the needle. And after they dropped the one on the play before, I was like, ah, oh, damn it, there goes my there goes my prop. Uh, and no way he's going to throw an interception now. And then bada boom, bada bam. Um, he came through. He looked great, I I, I thought. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much of the game you watched, TJ, but he looked really poised back there. 
Um, they didn't ask him to do like a ton, but I, I still thought compared to the pressure, I mean, I think he got sacked three times. He was, he was under duress all night, got hit quite a bit. I thought he, I thought he performed well on prime top. Gave, gave, gave the people plenty to talk about. Yeah. I thought, I thought he did, did, did good. Uh, we all were talking that we liked the Steelers to cover the number and they did, but Levis had every chance to, to win the game, to cover the spread as well. Uh, some questionable play calling there late from the Titans. But, yeah, if you're a Titans fan, I, I feel like you'd you be more optimistic with what you've seen from Will Levis than anything you've seen from the position for several, several, several seasons. Not that he was amazing and obviously didn't lead the Titans to a win, although did come close. Uh, showed a lot of things to get excited about. So, altogether, a good showing for Will Levis, and he does seem to be, at least for the future, the future at the quarterback position for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, maybe he gets hurt, or maybe they go on a skid, and that changes, but he, he is in full command of that offense right now, and I guess they're only going to kind of trust him more and more as the season goes on. Did you take that as, like, reason the play calling was so head-scratching for the Titans that maybe they just didn't trust Will Levis or what was up with that I didn't understand like uh, maybe it's because I'm a Steelers fan and I liked it but I didn't understand like I'm seeing online everybody's just saying it's bad play calling which I didn't I don't know I didn't well what what Could somebody explain like was because they ran the ball I didn't yeah not- I would have th- I would have thought that you know needing to score you'd throw the ball a little bit more take some chances take some shots try to try to hit a big play and i just you didn't i mean they were down at the 20 with 30 seconds left like i they did kind of throw it down there uh also that offensive line sucked and i mean they were down to like their third stringers they very injured um they they were injured going into the game and i think they had three guys leave the game as well um so maybe that's part of it i don't know Maybe the the other thing, like uh, I, I I would say, like the fourth and the fourth and whatever, they just kind of chucked up a prayer down the sideline to Hopkins. It's like, ooh, you didn't you didn't have anything better than that for fourth down. Um, I didn't really understand that play call. It was it was very similar to the Devin Leary fourth down where they threw it up to Jimmy Sumo Carmbe last week. You're like, can we not? Is there is there no other play to get anybody open? Yeah, well, congrats to your Steelers. Woohoo! Oh man, it made me it made me very happy. Five and three, baby. Made me very happy. Um, especially uh, although we were texting in the game, I sometimes Kenny on just throws he needs to make is just so off. There was back to back third downs in that first half where it's like, oh yeah, if he just hits the guy instead of throwing it over his head, he's running and after catching getting like 15 yards yeah i mean he's Um, not a good quarterback ralph but the thing is though is like if he just yeah yeah he's okay but if he could just deliver on those intermediate must hit routes where it's like hey throw an eight yard pass complete right here or the 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 long ball where he underthrew the guy and the titans guy made like he, he extended out and ended up making a great play like needed to make a great play to bat it down but if he puts five more yards under it, that we're running underneath it, and it's a fifty-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like maybe maybe that's just the whole difference in the Kenny Pickett experience, right? Like well, he's just like a 
a rich man's Jimmy G right now. Jimmy G before he got old and washed. That's the thing with being a Steelers fan, Roush, and maybe I should have clued you into this when you first decided your fandom, but you're not going to get great quarterback play from the Pittsburgh Steelers. You never have, never will. People will, make it, people will make an argument about Big Ben. He was not a great quarterback. He was a serviceable quarterback. He made plays when the Steelers needed him to make plays, but he's, I would hardly classify him as a great quarterback. So you're, you're just not going to get that out of the Steelers. What you are going to get is a great defense, and you're going to get great coaching and a team that wants to win night in and night out. And for me, that's more important than a great quarterback. You heard it here first, Roush. Being a six-time pro bowler, not good. Was he really six get, times? Yes. Wow. Yes. I mean – I don't think. Yeah, but, I don't think Ben. Well, Pobles, Pobles are kind of stinky, shoddy stat. But uh, either way, he was like okay. a good I mean, quarterback. You're not getting a quarterback that's going to be a six-time Pro Bowler. That's a bad quarterback. What are we doing here? Dude, it's not like he got like a token Pro Bowl, and it's like, well, yeah, that one. He was six-time Pro Bowler. He yeah, won, but, what two he, Super Bowls? My point is, is Pro Bowl is Pro Bowl means not like the the Ravens backup, okay. Lamar's backup got it last year. That's fine, Roush, to say it doesn't mean anything. He went to six of them. He went to six of them. Yeah. Okay. That, all right. Is there another bad player that's been to six Pro Bowls? I mean, TJ, I my, um, uh, probably. Uh, and no. Would you I, say I, that a Hall okay. of Fame quarterback is a bad quarterback? I, not known for quarterback play. Is he, He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Really? Okay. Two Super Bowls. He yeah. was rookie of the rookie of the year when he started in the NFL. I mean, he was awful won. in that first Super Bowl. But no, Scoots is being harsh on him. You're right. He was a good quarterback. He led the he, league in passing two years. I mean, I didn't I, see. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I am being a little harsh on him, but for me, it's everything that surrounded Ben that made him so great. I mean, he had a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. His he got saved by the defense more times than I can count, and more games than I can count. I mean, the Steelers' identity has always been defense. So yeah, may I, maybe I was being a little harsh on him. Didn't realize he had been to six Super or Pro Bowls, but. Yeah, I mean, and he, he was, like I said, he was a serviceable he quarterback. He also sucked really mu- bad at the end. And so, like, I mean, he was really bad at the end. So, like, we have um, – Recency we're, bias. Our, yeah, our judgment's a little clouded here. For sure. Uh, he was hor- he was horrible. He was end. so bad at the and end. And even at, like, the – even, you know, five years before his the end, like, the last two years of his career were terrible. But even, like, the five years before that, he did leave the NFL in passing in 2018, which is kind of crazy to think about. But he was also injured a bunch, and it was just like, ah, old man Roethlisberger, he can hardly even move back there. But people forget from, like, 05 to 13, 14, you know, he was in the same breath as all the other elite quarterbacks that yeah. are, like, considered some of the best of all time. No, Ben Roethlisberger, not even in the conversation for one of the best of all time. But Pittsburgh, I mean, he was, he's probably the second best Pittsburgh quarterback of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, saying, that's saying something. Yeah. That's, uh, but I, you know, look, who would have thought we would have gotten a nice Ben Roethlisberger debate here in the first 15 minutes of Friday's ooh. show? Who is worse in their final season, Ben Roethlisberger or Drew Brees? <laughs> Probably Ben Roethlisberger, but both were pretty bad. Drew, like, man, Phil Rivers, too. That last year he, when they were he, all he, just – Manning, too, at the end. Like, you yeah. Know, just can't, when you can't throw the ball far and you're used to seeing people that used to just be able to chuck it, it's kind of sad. Right, right, because they start like it's almost like they're uh, shoving it, just like um, similar to when your old baseball coach would say, "Don't aim it, uh, throw it." Like it looks like they're aiming everything because they just can't like fully wind up and deliver. It, yeah, yeah, you're right. Scooch, pretty, pretty what'd you do? What'd you do for the game? You stayed up for it. I did. did. You, uh, 
Did you get after it? Uh, no, I really didn't because I was off after Spears yesterday, so I was able to catch a buzz early in the day. So, and then I took a nap so I could make it awake for the game. And so by the time I woke up from my nap, got ready for the game, I, I just, yeah, I wasn't feeling it anymore. I did. I turned on Kentucky, though, watched the whole first half of that before the Steelers game. So overall, it was a great sports night. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I meant, I started it off with the basketball and got to halftime and was like, all right, I, I think I'm good on this. Uh, and just started watching all the football. Had, Four, you know, the four-game multi-screen or college football, and then had the uh, had my Breeders' Cup PPs. I was breaking down the horse racing, and then I had the NFL game up. It was great. Uh, the the Troy South Alabama they were down seven nothing and ended up easily covering twenty four to uh, ten. I think uh, that that game was fun. Chris Lewis, man, dude had three touchdowns, including like a a really big. 40-yard bomb right before halftime. That guy played awesome. Uh, Troy now is 7-2 and two in the driver's seat. They're going to be back in the Sun Belt Championship game and for the second straight year under Summerall. That guy's cooking with gas down there right now at Troy. Uh, good, good stuff from the former U.K. assistant and U.K. linebacker. Yeah, the next halfway decent Big Ten or SEC job, I would guarantee he's going to be on the list. I mean, unless they were like, Alabama or an LSU, but like a middle of the pack job in one of the top conferences in college football, they're going to have him on the list. I would love for him to be UK's next head coach, although I don't anticipate Mark Stoops leaving anytime soon, and I'm okay with that as well. But yeah, he's going to be, he's awesome. And he got a shout out from Pete Thamel before the game, just talking about how dominant he's been. Nice win for Troy. I think I went three for three on my on all my or four for four on all my picks yesterday, but three for three on college. Although I didn't actually bet them, but Texas Tech covered. Wake Forest blew the game, but covered, and you had Troy cover as well. And then of yeah. course the Steelers, which we were all on in my little gambling league. Great we, gambling night. There was like eleven. There's like eleven or twelve people in the league. I think six of them took the Steelers. We had never had as many people on one specific team in this gambling league history. Nobody was on the Titans. So I was kind of, even though I had money on the Steelers, I didn't take them in the gambling league. One, because I started to get a little bit nervous as the day went on. Two, I figured a lot of people were going to be on the Steelers. But I was kind of hoping that the Titans would win to help me from a gambling standpoint. And I was rooting for Will Levis as well. But as we already talked about, it was nice to see him, Roush, at least have a chance there in the fourth quarter. I don't think anybody's really blaming him for the interception because he no. had to force something there. And ultimately, again, like I mentioned, he has looked the best that the Titans has had at that position over the yeah. course of two games in a while, or at least where you think the ceiling is actually higher than whatever Tannenbaum gave you. Yeah, well, and he just has a – I think the thing about Will Levis that is most impressive in the NFL – is that he looks just so relaxed back there. And I always, I mean, granted, the offensive line didn't do him many favors last year. And even the really good offensive line wasn't great at protecting the year prior. But I always got the sense that he had a bad sense of awareness. Just when when the pressure's coming, he just kind of didn't feel it, didn't see it. That That's not been the case whatsoever um, for Tennessee. There's, there hasn't been really any panic either. And even in the – the w- when they're bringing the pressure, he sees it, he's aware of it, and now he's got to get rid of the football 
he's seamlessly changing his arm angles to either get rid of it or give somebody a chance to go make a play. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed is right, but I'm, I'm also just, I feel kind of like a proud Papa, you know, where you're like, dude, hell yeah. You like, I, I, I didn't know you had this in you. I'm so glad that you do have this in you and that, uh, the last two years, all the haters and losers can, can really shove it. Um, and part of the reason I get proud too, anytime somebody says, uh, Canon, I, 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 like I, at first I thought it was like a, my fault thing. Cause I was the guy who asked him the question. Um, I, I was like, Ooh, Roush over here making my, my, my question made a bunch of headlines. Well, then it kind of became his thing almost to the point where they were mocking him. They're like, Ooh, he's got a cannon arm, but what else can he do? He can eat mayo. And I, I'm glad that that actually is becoming, like, he's using that to his advantage. Um, he's using it well. And, uh, He's he's it's it's almost like um, the 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 Jedi has figured out how to use the lightsaber, you know. Like he's just he's he's figuring it out, man. It's awesome to see. Nick Roush, the first person to say Will Levis has a cannon. No, 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 no. I got him to say that, and it pissed people off the way he said it. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. He's like, oh, I've got a cannon. They're like, Oh, Mister, I've got a cannon, cocky cannon guy. He does have a cannon. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no denying that. Now, I'm with you, and it's going to be interesting over the years, assuming Will Levis can hopefully stick around in the NFL and maybe be a starter for for many years in the NFL. But it's going to be funny how – like I saw people yesterday just, we wasted him at Kentucky. Thanks a lot, Scangarello. Way to go, Stoops. Just the way people are going to remember his time oh, in the UK. Yeah. Hey, hey folks, he did, he did leave UK to a 10-win season. It's not like he was spoiled milk on the shelf there, folks. Like, he, he was successful as a U.K. quarterback. He's in the conversation as one of the best U.K. quarterbacks in our lifetime based on what he did at Kentucky, nothing he did before or after, what he did at U.K. He's going to be in that conversation. And, yeah, the second year didn't go well, but him also being hurt for a chunk of that year, Roush, didn't help anything either. Right. It didn't. But I, I am going to preemptively say that um... – what if Liam Cohen didn't leave for a year is going to be a big, big time Kentucky football. What if like when um, Lucy and Duke are doing Kentucky roll call 30 years from now, that's, that's going to be one of those like, well, what if Liam Cohen didn't leave for a year? What if, what does that do for Mark Soups? I mean, cause, cause there's a real, like let's 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 be open and honest here. Like we're in the middle of the glory years, right? And there's a chance that that one year miss, where you you bring in a new guy who stinks. And I and I think the part that's most evident that he stinks, TJ, is they Kentucky has basically the same offensive line this year. And look how much better they are. Um, I know they went out and got Marcus Cox. Uh, that's been a huge addition. And then Dylan Ray from the portal. But like a lot of the guys are the same and they've been really good uh this year compared to last so like that's a very tangible thing you can grab onto and say like hey uh they probably would have been probably would have been better so i um i, I think we're going to look back and just like man if, if only you didn't have your offensive coordinator do a little dipsy do back and forth because not only do you miss out on the 2022 but maybe that's part of the reason why the offense didn't get clicking until late, you know. But hey, I'm getting way too ahead of myself. That's that's a hypothetical for Duke and Lucy to talk about on the Big X ten years from now. 
Well, you said 30. Can we not do radio in our early 60s, Roush? <laughs> no. I'll, no. I'll, out of pasture. I just love the thought that KRC is a legacy show. <laughs> Duke and Lucy yeah, are going to take over. <laughs> Duke, you don't need to hire anybody new. We're just going to give it to our kids. We're like, we're kings, basically. That's hilarious. Well, if they follow, the succession if we, plan. If we follow the Dugan succession plan, they're going to be on 680 doing a show. Duke. Oh, that's true. Family, family has to go to a rival. Which, by the way, P. Diddy from the big city, one of like 15 students at the U of L open practice yesterday. Oh wow, good for sad. him. It was just flat. I mean, not that P. Diddy was there. Good on you, P. Diddy. You're doing work for your radio station, which unfortunately isn't ours. But uh, you were you were doing what you were supposed to be doing. But U of L for days, Roush. Open practice on Thursday. Open to the students. Student open practice. Last year it was a big to do. We're only letting in the first 200, and like 15 people showed up. It's a little sad. Well, um, don't suck, and people will show up. But I, I'll, I'll give Louisville fans credit. Nobody makes their voices heard louder with their attendance to or, or, or away from things more so than Louisville fans. If they don't like you, they ain't going to be there. But if they like you, they're going to show them they're going to get hammered. Like that, It's going to be a good time. That uh, I was talking with some friends last night uh, because he was – my, my buddy tries to bust me up for being a, a bandwagon Steelers fan, but I think last night he finally accepted me. Um, but it's like, dude, you can't you can't point at somebody else for being a flip-flopper when now you're a bona fide Louisville fan. Because he loves – he's like, man, going to Louisville games is like going to a bar instead of going to church. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. Like, it's a social event at Louisville games. That's always been that. It's always been that way for UofL, and that's not necessarily unique to UK, UofL. Like – you, you know, we've been we've been UK football fans when the team has stunk and that place hasn't been the most lively stadium in the SEC. So it's not you specifically unique to U of L in terms of like when they're good, they're rocking. When they're bad, it's a ghost town. But U of L does have a more of a party atmosphere than most other college sporting events I've been to. I'm trying to think of what what would potentially match it off the top of my head. Nothing really comes to mind. South High school Carolina, football game. South Carolina athletics a little bit similar to it. Yeah. Um, Where it's kind of like it's a party in town if they're good. If not, we've got other stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. And Mississippi State, they're about ready to abandon ship down there. Um, this is I'm, kind of I'm their last like hurrah. athletics as a whole, not necessarily just football. Yeah. Because like, even their basketball games, my brother would go to some of those and, like, they were a good hang. Um, yeah, when they're, you know, when they're, like, semi-decent. Like, when they're competitive, yeah. 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 Sandstorm going all bonkers. Cats do play down in Starkville uh, tomorrow. It is Friday, so that means tomorrow yeah. on Catterday. It's a late one, 7.30. It'll be a 6.30 kickoff local time there. We will talk more about the Cats in the Dogs in Stark Vienna, as they so lovingly call it down there. But we need to talk U.K. basketball. They had an exhibition game last night. Roush tuned out at halftime. I did not, although you didn't learn necessarily anything new in the second half. It was a straight-up beatdown, as we anticipated. Uh, Kentucky did take care of business against Kansas State. No one-point halftime lead last night. We'll give you our takes and analysis on the game. Calipari has people worked up again. I'm not sure if you've ever heard us talk about that before. And Ooh. Impact Kentucky roll call for you. So don't go anywhere. I'm excited. This is going to be a fun show. It will Woo. be. It'll fly by. We've got the picks of the week coming at the end of the show as well. 
This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Experts Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Donatella, T-Mobile. Three words for you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself 2011. Once a year, Donna and I spend a day treating ourselves. What do we treat ourselves to? Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massages. Treat yourself. Mimosas. Treat yourself. Fine leather goods. Treat yourself. It's the best day of the year. The best day of the year. Check out Sausaritas, two locations in, in Louisville, I was going to say Middletown, one location in Middletown, one location in St. Matthews, two locations in Louisville. Check out both of them, download the Sausaritas app, and keep them in mind for all your catering needs this holiday season. Salsaritas can cater it for you. What do we do for the party? Salsaritas can cater it for you. No party too big, no party too small. Salsaritas, it is a hit. Wildly addictive chips will be eaten. Hot, spicy salsa will be enjoyed. Creamy, hot, gooey queso will be loved by everybody at the party. Check them out today. Salsaritas, two locations in Louisville. Scoots, I want to bring this up before we get into the basketball talk. Our, our buddy, John Spears, mm-hmm. who Mike Rutherford mistakenly calls James Spears. No, he does that on purpose now. He Him, yeah, him and John have a feud. I, I know. Okay. Go ahead. He really crushed Bobby Knight. He did. Yesterday. He did. Lost a couple listeners because of it. He did. Oh. Really? Yeah, he, he his whole thing was basically just come on and talk about how big of an ass Bob was, which if he did, if he he never liked Bob Knight, I, I mean I, I guess it's understandable. But yeah, he hurt some feelings yesterday. Yeah, the stream was down unfortunately during Spears' show, so I had to. I've seen the text come in. And I was like, oh my gosh, people are fired up about this. So I went back and listened to the podcast. Uh, he he was he was pretty tough on him. He was. He, he kind of lightens up a little bit towards the end of the show, or doesn't want to doesn't want to step in it anymore. Roush, how do you feel about that? Somebody passes away, person gets crushed. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it fair or foul? So, I think you have to. It would it would be uh, disingenuous if you didn't talk about Bobby Knight the curmudgeon when eulogizing him. I mean, he famous, like, his most famous quote is, bury me upside down so all my critics can kiss my ass. Like, that dude is, <laughs> he was a cantankerous uh, guy who, that was a big part of his personality. That's what made him endearing to fans, and it's also what made him lose his job, right? Um, so I I think you have to mention it, but also, like, you, you can respectfully do it, too. So I, you know. Like, but you're listening to a UK fan talk about one of the greatest UK villains ever. 
So like, what, what, there's, there's kind of a, what, what do you expect sort of thing too. In all fairness, John said that he didn't say anything he wouldn't have said two days ago before he passed. Does that make it better? I, I do think though, like you should maybe let, you should be a little bit nicer the day after they die. I mean, I don't, I don't think. I yeah, do. was that with you all? Then when like Buckner died, and you all came in and were like, "Hey, blah blah blah,", blah. It went between his legs, and I was like, "Oh, geez, give him a day, you all." I got a little, riled, I got a little riled up. <laughs> well, in fairness, nobody that's not a Red Sox fan knows anything about Bill Buckner besides the ball going through his legs. But I, but the point is, I, I kind of like, I think in the moment of death, if you don't have anything nice to say, it's best maybe just to to not say anything at all. However, and like, you know, listening to a couple other radio shows yesterday and podcasts, I thought like I, I there's some people that were like, you could tell this person does not like Bobby Knight. But you know what? They said some nice things about him. And yeah. I, I can kind of respect that. On the flip side, though, I can kind of respect Spears to be like, hey, this is how I felt about you. I felt about it a week ago. I'm yeah. not changing my, my stance on you just because you passed away. Right. And uh, I'm going to tell you how I feel. I think yesterday – me not liking Bobby Knight really much at all. I think I just wanted to kind of, you know, stay away from it. I didn't want to pile on in somebody's death. I know yep. he meant a lot to a lot of people, but not to me. And he was a jerk. And I think he was more of a villain than he was a hero. But that's just my opinion on it. And he did pass. And again, for somebody to pass that meant as much as he did to so many people, then I can respect those that are grieving if people are grieving more just remembering more than anything else but he was a jerk yeah like he, he was not a good dude uh, at all junctures of his life i will um say scoots i'm very we we kind of made fun of it and i know your guy coil he was the that was like his biggest breaking news thing ever was when bob knight went to that baseball game but i am very happy that he later in life like right before alzheimer's got him too bad he Made amends with Kentucky because that was or with Kentucky with Indiana. You know they had him back at Assembly Hall, and it was it. You all needed that. <laughs> you all needed that in a bad way because so much of that state's identity, like Bob Knight, he was just so revered, and you could. I'm glad that they put those things aside and ended on good terms. Well, like we that. that we couldn't have had him go to the grave with that curse hanging over us because it, it kind of felt like the curse of Bob Knight. Like, we just need Bob Knight in Indiana to reunite and make sure everything's all good. And so I'm glad that happened before he passed. Now it feels like a huge weight's been lifted. Maybe we can win some basketball games now. Now that he's, now that he's moved on? Well, I mean, now that they had that re- reunited, reuniting. Reuniting? Was that oh, Woodson's first year? Reuniting. That's good. Say it again. Was that Woodson's first year? I think that was that? the – what? yeah, I guess it would have been. Woodson's already going into year three. Yeah, it would have been Woodson's yeah, first year. Yeah. So two straight tournament appearances after that happened? I like it. What? I like it. Maybe maybe it's be the the curse of the Bob Knight will be bigger than the curse of the goat. <laughs> Some of my favorite Bob Knight memories when he forgot what a shot clock was against Vanderbilt, UK Vandy game back in 13. Didn't know what the shot clock was. <laughs> As a broadcaster. Was, was a kind of a weird moment in time, but now you look back at it, it's kind of more sad than anything else. But, like, yeah, as a broadcaster, he was like, well, okay, well, they're looking at something with the shot uh, the, or with the clock. 
And then Bob was like, well, yeah, the one, the number up there is different than the number there. They're probably trying to figure that out. And then whoever, maybe it was like Sean McDonough <laughs> or whoever. Reese Davis. Yeah. was like, well, yeah, that one's the shot clock and that one's the game clock. So, <laughs> so maybe they're, they're trying to figure out something with that. He was like, well, it should be the same number. It's, it's the, the shot clock. That's the number. That's the clock. And then they had to have, they had to like literally explain to him that that was the, the shot clock. You have that much time to get a shot off, which was an interesting moment. And then also when he was drinking beer at the Champions Classic, when Coach K, I think, either tied his record or broke his record or whatever it was. And he went over and like hugged K and he had this green solo cup or he had the solo cup. And it was like, okay, well, he's clearly drinking a beer in that bad boy. Uh, there was also then before my time, obviously, the, the, the program slap of Joe B. Hall. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people live in infamy. And then I, I always will remember Bob Knight from his role in the ESPN hit show Walk-Ons, the reality show contest of where they were trying to get a walk-on for Texas Tech basketball. You wouldn't think Bob Knight would be the coach that would re- allow a reality show into his program. But that Texas Tech, they took a different angle on basketball during those years. And it was sell, 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 sell make as much money as possible, uh, and let's see if we can make this program into something. Well, you know, what? 15, 16 years later, they went to a national championship game. So maybe that was the goal they had in mind. But uh, I will remember him at his Texas Tech days, which were interesting. That had to be weird for IU fans to see him coach at Texas Tech for a little bit. Very, very weird. And then, well, and then even on top of that, when he went to ESPN, that was even still weird. Like, it, it was one of those things that it felt like Bobby Knight should always be on the sidelines of Indiana. So, yeah, when you see him elsewhere, it, it was strange. Also, I don't know how, like, the stuff that he said in front of cameras is truly baffling. People were pulling a lot of old clips. It's like, how did he how did he get away with this? It was back in the day. Oh, yeah. It was a different time. I mean, think, now, of, think of all the movies you can think of, Roush, that, that are older back in the day, like early 90s, late 80s, that you just couldn't put out anymore because of the jokes they make or some of the things no, they say. It's, like, it's, times it's not changed. that, Scoots. Like, he was just kind of a jerk in like press conferences and would blow up, and you yeah. don't see coaches do that much oh, anymore. He, he, wouldn't last, he wouldn't last two seasons no. in today's environment. No way. And I mean that. And, like – you can't physically assault players. You, you couldn't nope. really do it back then either. But he would get away with it. Uh, you definitely can't do it now. And then, again, to bring it back, uh, it seems like this is kind of a common theme. But, like, sometimes Calipari, it's like, why are you fighting the media when they can be your friends? Bobby Knight, his, his like, quarrels with the media would sink him. You could get away with it before the age of social media because, like, hey – you're, you're a TV news station. You got to come to our practices. You got to come to our games. You're going to do what we want. But now we're like, everybody's got a phone and any moment can be captured and everybody's got an opinion. It wouldn't last long with him as, as much as he would clash head to head with media and the stuff he'd say and his unwillingness probably to like apologize or answer for things that he'd say. Oh, it's spiral out of control in no time. That being said, he wasn't a coach in today's age. He was a coach you know, 50, 40, 30 years ago. And it was a damn good one when he was at his prime. There's no doubt about that. And the players who bought into his system and didn't necessarily clash with them, they all love him and they all speak very highly of him. I think that's got to count for something. Um, but I, I do 
Uh, who was it? Was it Rutherford or maybe it was Spears? Somebody on Big X yesterday was saying when you're when you're telling the story of college basketball, you're you're gonna mention him. He'll be included in that conversation. Totally true. For better or for worse, and a little bit of both with Bobby Knight. He will he is a part of the history of college basketball. And for those that are missing his loss, uh, I, I totally understand it. You lose Joby Hall, Denny Crum, and Bob Knight. Three just absolute legends in the 70s and 80s of college basketball, all gone in the last, what, two years, two and a half years? I know Joe Mm -hmm. B was the first to go, but Denny and Bobby go in in a span of six months, you know. So uh, we're definitely losing a generation, and as we get older, Roush, we'll eventually we'll say goodbye to the – so the Roy Williams and the Coach K's and the Rick Patinos and someday John Calipari as well. So kind of puts it all in perspective of, of time in life and how short it all is. Scooch, really how fragile the meaning of life is. Can you yeah. go into detail what life means to you? Um, no, because I'm only 34 and I'm still trying to figure it out. Ah, uh, there we go. There that go. was good. Almost as good it. as your hair this morning, TJ. It's uh, <laughs> extra on plate. It is great. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yep. Yep. commented uh, the Mohawk yesterday. Almost as great as Kentucky was last night in their exhibition game against Kentucky State. They uh, went out and kicked them in the teeth. It was not uh, – unlike the Georgetown game, there was never any hesitation. Kentucky was running up and down the floor. in uh, the thing that – we saw a lot over the summer the way that Kentucky shared the basketball. That happened again last night. 25 assists on 37 made baskets. I mean, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. A lot of it, too, towards the end, they were just running and gunning in transition, scored almost 40 points in transition. Uh, but, hey, we wanted to see uh, DJ Wagner look, look a little bit more like DJ Wagner. And that left-handed dunk, that that sure looked awesome, TJ. A lot, lot of fun highlights from this one. A lot of dunks, yeah. And we we were very rushed yesterday. And if you think today's show is going to be anything different, I've got I've got news for you. So we didn't really get into like what we want to see and score predictions and MVPs. And there was a little part of me that was like, we will not learn a damn thing from this game. The only things that are going to like lead the show tomorrow is if somebody gets hurt or for some reason the game's entirely too close than it should be. But we all anticipated a blowout. We knew that Georgetown was probably going to be a better team than Kentucky State was. Uh, but I, I, I stand by what my analysis would have been yesterday had we had time to give it, that we're not going to learn a lot from, from last night. And I'm not going to have any – grand takeaways from last night we knew that we know we knew we will know moving forward that this team is incredibly unselfish that they move the ball as well in an early stage of a Calipari team as any other Calipari team has maybe minus the 14-15 team but that team was not nearly as young as this group of UK players is Uh, but they're so unselfish it seems like they really know where each other are on the court Um, and they're all of I mean in Canada, I, I remember bringing this up in the summer, but sometimes I feel like they make one too many passes where it's like, hey, you've got an open shot. You just got to take right. it. You don't need to wait for the defense to come out to you just so you can kick it and do the same thing that you just did with another player. Now, if it's a better, higher percentage shot, then that's a whole different story. But we learned, we, we got additional confirmation last night that they are unselfish, 
So that wasn't really a surprise to anybody that watched any of the other exhibition games going back to the summer. They're going to pass the ball really, really well. That's good. Besides that, I don't know what more you can take away. We didn't learn anything about how good of a defensive team this UK team's going to be. We don't really learn anything about what it looked like when Adu was playing the five for a little bit. They, they were switching Adu and Trey Mitchell at the five for most of the game, and then Jordan Burks eventually. But we can't really learn anything about that because it was against Kentucky State. Uh, I think it's fun. I, I look forward to seeing that against D1 competition, but I don't think we can have any big takeaways from it. Um, Roush, I wanted to see – a game, whether it was an exhibition or against a garbage team or a good team, I'll take it. I'll take it anywhere I can get it. I just wanted to see a game where they hit a bunch of threes and looked like a really good outside shooting team. Uh, yesterday was good in that regard. Kentucky hit. Uh, well, geez, for the game they only hit. Oh, never mind. I'm looking. I was looking at the wrong. Ten of twenty-five threes. 40. I was looking at the wrong Kentucky. I was like, they only hit five. That was kind of weird. Uh, they hit ten. They hit 10 yeah, in a blowout where it didn't really mean a lot there at the end. So it maybe wasn't like a barrage of threes like I'm still looking for. But confirmation, this team, they're going to be shrieky. They're going to lose a game, and we're going to look, and we're going to say, well, shooting killed them tonight. And then they're going to blow out some teams where it's like, boy, they were on the money tonight, and they just were on fire. It's going to be a classic Calipari team from a shooting perspective. I feel good about the shooters, Roush, but I also know that pretty much all of them, Antonio Reeves included, are they have a they have a bad night in them they're not they're not overly consistent so i it was nice to see them hit double digit threes last night um i still want to see a game you know we point back to this one frequently but it is a perfect example of what we're talking about we want to see the 2010 first round game against east tennessee state where eric bledsoe just went silly from deep and uk as a team looked like one of the best outside shooting teams in college basketball now don't remember the fact that just three games later they went 432 against West Virginia. But I just want to I, I want to see it just to know that they can do it. Last night was, I think, a little bit of a of a glimmering hope that hey, this well, team will have good shooting nights. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so we we got that in front of us. There was a there were a couple stories from the game that were like uh, not head scratching, but popped out. Uh, Big Z wasn't there because he had food poisoning. And Oh, You're man, just wondering, oh, can the Croatian sensation, is he just a little snake bit since he got here? What's going on? What do we think? I mean, there's also a good chance that he just ate something that he's not used to eating and his stomach was like, dude, stop putting this in Amer- Maybe he just had a hurt tummy from eating too much Halloween candy. I think He'd never been trick-or-treating before. Get Skyline out of Lexington. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? Yeah. You know, what's funny is I... I didn't get food poisoning yesterday, but like clearly ate something that didn't sit well with me. You know, you know, you all know the feeling. Everybody listening knows the feeling where it's like you just finished a meal and you're like five, 10 minutes removed. And you're like, Oh boy, I I don't know if I'm going to throw up or what in this stuff, you know, uh, not feeling good. I wouldn't call it food poisoning, but it's definitely something didn't sit right. (laughs) Maybe he had one of those moments. But people were very frustrated, Roush, because it was in the pregame radio show that he yes. says Big Z's going to go through layup lines and drills. And then, what do you know, minutes later, 10, 20 minutes later, they're going through layup lines and drills, and there's no Big Z. Coach Cal is lying directly to our faces yet again, Roush. Lies. Uh, although, like, he does that interview at noon. So... 
even whenever they do their early shoot around early on in the day. So maybe he that the food poisoning would check out because he could have been at shoot around and been fine, and then is just stuck, you know, making trips to the bathroom that afternoon and couldn't make it to the game. So I, I think it checks out. I'm not. I'm not getting worked up about it. I do think it's worth mentioning. You're right that they do that interview. It's not like they're running out on the court for pregames. They do it much earlier in the day. Yeah, you can hear Leach like the basketball's bouncing in the background during shoot around while he's talking to him. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to see Big Z very badly, Roush, and those exhibitions be really funny because he he'll be a foot taller than anybody that the other team has, but. He's not eligible, so it's not like it even really matters whether he's got tummy aches or no tummy aches. Um, but Cal says, what, he had buzzard's luck, I think is how he describes it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you believe that he actually had food poisoning? Uh, can we get deeper in the conspiracy that maybe UK is just trying to lie to everybody every step of the way with Big Z? No, I think he probably is his. He probably ate some American garbage food and it messed with him. You know, I mean, I, I just. I think that, that that's very much a possibility. Um, he couldn't play anyway, so what does it matter? I mean, he he's not cleared by the NCAA to play basketball, so who cares? Yeah, he can't. He, he, he wasn't going to get in the game anyways. We don't get to see him do his funny, awkward layup lines. We'll get that in time. I do think, though, I was going to try to tease this, but we're going to be – my timing's just a little bit off, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, we got we to gotta mention the other story, though. Yeah, I don't know. I want to spend more time on it, but whatever. Oh, okay. we, can, we can get it in an hour or two. But Cal, no timeline. Cal Perry gives a timeline. Oh, I thought you were talking about the other story. Yeah, uh, I mean. What's the other story? It was the most popular tweet on the internet last night. He asked Kentucky State not to play zone because they hadn't oh. worked on it yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> folks, he's done that over years. He's yeah, had yeah. that before. I so think sometimes it, people just forget about stuff like this. He does it, this in an exhibition game. It, it also – it sounds much worse than what it is because on the face – I mean, all the Louisville fans were, were like, can we can we start asking teams to not do things when we play them? Which <laughs> I saw one Louisville fan say, can we ask the other team not to shoot because we haven't worked on that yet. <laughs> which was which was pretty good. But I mean, exhibitions are supposed to be I mean, they're glorified practices. practices. Yeah. yeah. So and Cal especially for this Unity series, you know, like they had a dinner last night with George Raveling. Like they he treats Kentucky State pretty well. I think asking them to not play zone, like that that's not out of bounds. That 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 feels like something that is very much in line with a normal exhibition game. Yeah, I totally agree. He, he's done this with exhibition games in the past. These schools would line up to get a chance to go to Rupp Arena and play an exhibition game if Cal says, hey, you know, we haven't worked on zone. And I, I don't also think it's as serious as, like, Cal holding up a switchblade to Kentucky State's head coach and being like, if I see you play zone one time, you're going to get it. Like, the, play, the they can still do whatever they want. Cal can't stop them. However, if Cal mentions it, then it is what it is. Uh, he's also not necessarily raw. Like, you're going to see a lot of zone, too. Like, you can make a case if you're Cal, well, shouldn't you want to see more zone? Because you're going to see plenty of it. His whole point is, I think we know how to handle zone. We put Trey Mitchell in the middle, and then good luck with the shooters that we have, which is true, which is a good point from him. Uh, but we got to talk about this timeline he gave yeah, regarding injuries. We need to. Just shortly after saying no timelines, Cal comes out, gives a timeline, Timeline. Maybe you should be excited about it. We've got some time for commercials, 
And then back to the lawn for Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Peter Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, hour number two coming up next. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back in hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio. <laughs> Where where's Scoots? He's a, he's he's showing up for me this time. Oh, it did the thing for me where he's super zoomed in. This well, we're at <laughs> super zoomed in again. <laughs> what the hell, oh, man? That's great. But we're back, rocking, <laughs> rolling. Hour number two here to talk Cats Mississippi State. Put a bow on yesterday's UK exhibition and tell you about our friends at Shady Rays where it's really the best Christmas gift ever. Last year, TJ was stuffing them in stockings, but you can get them for 40% off if you use the promo code BIGX. Make sure every person in your family is styling in profile with the best polarized shades in the business. You can get them online using that promo code to get 40% off or just tell them about it at the store. They got a couple of them. Check them out. ShadyRays.com. Promo code Big X. 40% off your purchase. We're going to get into the Thornton's text line here momentarily. But before we do, need to pick up on the tease that we left off. John Calipari says Aaron Bradshaw will be back in a week or two, Roush. Whoa. I mean, that, that was kind of getting to our conversation the other day. He's... Every time we see him, he looks normal. He's not walking around in a boot. He's sharing Instagram stories from, you know, midnight where he's shooting at the gym. You would think that if you're able to do all that, you'd be able to play relatively soon. So that would be outstanding. Even if they don't have him, like, I, I don't even care if he's not there for the Champions Classic. Uh, but you'd be optimistic about having him against Miami, and that would be significant for that nice run of oh, December yeah. non-conference games. I mean, that that's it's going to be a tough little stretch of the schedule there. be nice to have him. I would fully anticipate him being there for the Miami game. Let me get it right, by the way. He says that Bradshaw will probably miss the first week, maybe two, but he's on a really good path and says Uganda is behind. He's going to be a little further away, which is what we were referencing um, what has been referenced, I guess I should say. So maybe missing the first week or two of the season, the season starts on Monday. If he misses the first week of the season, that would have him back before that Tuesday Champions Classic. Now, of course, I'm having a little fun with timelines here. I would be shocked if you saw him play against Kansas in that Champions Classic. But it's good knowing that, like, hey, he's probably only going to miss one big game. That's a that's a big deal, in my opinion. And the Kansas, Kansas preseason ranked number one, right? Okay, you lose to them if that is how it all plays out. Although I'm excited for it. I think Roush and I have both said we'd probably take Kansas in the points before waiting to see what the line is. That being said, it's not going to change my outlook on the season 
it's almost a good litmus test just to see where Kentucky is at this juncture, and especially without bigs, and maybe you can play in a fun way and, and make it somewhat difficult for Kansas. But if that's the only big game that you miss without your star seven-footer, that's awesome. That mm-hmm. seems like we're getting off a little easy, all things considered. Cal just like a week, two weeks ago said he wasn't going to do timelines, and then he literally comes out a few days later and says, uh, I think it's actually he's only going to miss maybe a week or two of the season. All great news, in my opinion. All great news off Roush. What I was thinking about yesterday really ended up being like the worst-case scenario for Kentucky basketball. And when bringing back up, because I'm sure the text line will, the Kyle Tucker article, you can be sympathetic for Calipari in some areas. We detailed him yesterday. We didn't mention the Shade and Sharp situation. Was like Cal mishandled some of the speaking aspects of that. But I don't think he mishandled anything. Like, I don't think he should have kicked him off campus the day that he learned he wasn't going to play for UK. But that was just bad luck for UK and for Cal. Here you do land the number one player, the first one in a few classes for you, a few cycles for you. He is like a bona fide star. And you don't get him when the entire backcourt is hurt and you could have used him. Okay, well, we're going to get him for this next full season. Yeah, right. But even if you were going to get him for that next full season, there was times that guard play, especially at the beginning of the season, was not nearly what it should have been. I'm sure Shaden Sharp, as he was dominating in the NBA, would have been helpful on last year's UK team. That was sort of bad luck for Cal. But this may have been like the worst-case scenario that Cal has had at UK. Here you are. You're feeling a lot of heat, make-or-break season, all the stuff that we've talked about. And literally your entire cachet at one position is out. Like, where else does that happen? Especially in the preseason, Roush, where you can say, like, what team is missing their entire point guard room? None. Like, that's not a thing that happens. What team is missing their entire wing, the entirety of their wings? Nobody. That's not a thing that happens. But I can tell you one team that's missing all of their fives, that has no fives. You feel like you have three that you feel have potential and can do good things for you. You don't have any of them. Now, I shouldn't say worst-case scenario because worst-case scenario would be out for the season or a tragic accident or something along those lines. It does seem like at some point this season we'll see all three U.K. players. Maybe Ugana ends up missing the entire year. Maybe he comes back in February. Who knows exactly when he's going to be around. I do want him, by the way. But in terms of not season-ending injuries, this is the worst thing that could have happened for UK. And it stinks, but I still think there's a good sense of optimism throughout the program. I would have loved to see Bradshaw go against Hunter Dickinson, Roush. I would have loved to see you gonna go against Hunter Dickinson. That was kind of a gift for UK basketball. Hey, here's one of the best centers in college basketball. And here is somebody that's just completely unproven, but we feel good about. Let's see where you're at. And we're not going to get that, and that kind of stinks. But you'll get some bruising against Miami for sure. They've got a front court that can really overpower people. So we'll just have to wait for that game to see these guys. But overall, it was a good update. This whole situation has been a nightmare for UK, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be as bad as it could have been. As long as we get to see him, I'm happy because that was my bar. Please play. Just play. The sharp stuff, the other – Yeah. Vince Nate – to your point, I was I was really kind of irked there for a second that you even brought up Shaden Sharp. I'm like, oh, he's, he's, you know, it was like the the trigger uh, memory, the PTSD just kind of got me like, ah, hey, no, TJ, no, Sharp, ah, but because that's that's kind of where I'm at about it. But it, I get I get your over, 
A lot of yeah. folks are. And I, and, I, and, and I get your sentiment, too, because that, that's kind of – I had set the bar low because of that. So if we can just get uh, Bradshaw with this timeline now. Here's the other thing, though, TJ. I'm still – there's a chance he's not here in the first, you know. There's a chance we don't see him till December. So I'm still just – that's I'm going to believe it when I see it, right? That's true. I'm gonna, that's because a, that's, he might end up having food poisoning, you know? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, again, Cal, I, I I know he doesn't care about this. I think he probably should care a little bit more than he does. But, like, Cal, if if in three weeks, which three weeks from yesterday would be Thanksgiving, three weeks from today will be the 24th. If, Brad, if we're still hearing, like, two weeks out or something, people are going to be livid. And while I think I wouldn't waste negative energy on something like that, I can't, like, you are, you're telling people to expect one thing, and if that expectation isn't met, people handle their emotions differently. People are going to be upset. They just are. And, Roush, we can sit here on radio and be like, you shouldn't get upset about that. There's more important things. But, like, in reality, also stop setting, falling short of expectations. Now we have an expectation of when to expect Bradshaw. I'm glad that you did that. It, it's getting me excited. It's got this radio show pumped up. Just don't be wrong about it, please. Setbacks can happen. We can understand to a certain degree, but we don't need it to be three weeks from now and us still not knowing when Bradshaw is going to hit the court. You gonna okay? the The bar has been set that this is going to be a long recovery for that dude. We understand. Von Zanamir Ivacic. We understand that it's out of UK's hands. It's an NCAA thing. Keep practicing him so when he is eligible, maybe he can make an impact. But with Bradshaw now, you've kind of drawn a line in the sand. Don't let us down, Cal. Don't let us down. Please, for the love of Pete, don't let us down. I had that same sentiment about tomorrow's Kentucky football game. For the love of Pete, do not let us down. Um we got some line movement yesterday. Kentucky was a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They're now up to a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And, TJ, this is the worst Mississippi State team that Kentucky's played. Uh, yeah, I, I'm i trying to think of, of other bad Mississippi State teams, but they just, they just aren't. There's not a lot of good. If they get Woody Marks back, their running back, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty if he'll play or not. Then they'll at least have like one person there that I know is good, but they they aren't great. Kentucky's just we need to see the defense play some disciplined football, keep Mike Wright contained. I know it, it it's weird how the year is kind of seesawed where you're you're all worried about the offense and now we're seemingly worried about the defense. But bottling up Mike Wright, who isn't that good, will make fans feel a lot better because of what he did to them a year ago. And he really did it on just a couple of plays um, where Kentucky got undisciplined. They got beat. You had a bad play where Max Harrison got exposed. Um, so go out there, play disciplined football, keep him contained, um, and you can win this football game pretty easily. I mean, this Mississippi State defense is not very good. If the offense can do what they did last week, which is, Give Leary time to throw and not drop passes. This this should be a fun game Saturday night in Starkville, TJ. Um, I don't think I've ever said fun in Starkville in the same sentence, but I think that Kentucky fans should have a good time um, when when the Cats take on the Dogs.
I like that the line's moving in, in UK's favor. Uh, I, I didn't have a great feeling for most of the week in the Tennessee game, but one thing I resorted back to is like, hey, Vegas thinks this is going to be a close game and thinks Kentucky's going to have a chance to win. All things that were totally true. So yep. I do I do also like what the line's doing this week, that you know people think UK is going to go on the road, win this game, and as the bets have come in this week, they actually think it's not going to be as close as they initially had thought although still a one-possession game with where it stands right now. I don't know. I don't feel great about it, Roush. Uh, taking taking uh, the history of Starkville, I know that this is a different Mississippi State team, but also take into consideration just like I still have PTSD from the missed tackles last week. Oh, no. Am I freezing up on you all? No. No? You're good. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You all freeze uh, up on uh, me. And I heard you something... something, so I was a little bit worried. But just seeing the missed tackles in the Tennessee game, I'm worried that right – you know, it's going to be a, a, a duplicate of last year. Well, here's uh, here's another thing to remember too, TJ, when you think about how bad this Mississippi State team is. First time Kentucky's ever been favored down there, and at least the you know since Mullen was there. So they're not great. It's tackling Mike Wright is a little bit different than tackling Joe Milton. Um, you know, as as much as we like to clown on him, he is six foot four, two forty. Like that guy's a load, uh, and. And, and I think for me, too, we're, part of um, when, when folks ask me about what's the problem with the defense, some of it is they played the good ones, and we, we talked about it yesterday, just the Tennessee factor. But also, I mean, your secondary, the reason why your secondary is not that good is because you got a bunch of mid-three-star players playing in it. I mean, recruiting rankings don't mean everything, but all of those guys were mid-three-stars that are kind of punching above their weight right now. Like, you don't have a bunch of studs out there. You know, Mike Edwards ain't walking through that door, right? That dude was a top 350 player, four-star talent. Uh, so, I, I I think we're going to get some um, confirmation bias this week. That like, okay, part of the reason why they struggled really was because they were just playing good teams. And this weekend, that that's, that's not going to be the case. So, uh, Mo being overly confident after in the middle of a three-game losing streak to a team at a place that Kentucky hasn't won in 2008. Yes, uh, I, I'm sounding way too overly confident right now, but I I do have I, I don't think Kentucky's as bad as what they've shown us through this three-game losing streak. TJ, I think that's the overall point I'm trying to get at. Well, the if you're looking for an optimistic approach, three losses, top 20 teams. Combined, what, three losses on the season between those teams? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and two of them, you felt like you had a chance to win. Right. The, the way Missouri closed it out, that's unfortunate. But Tennessee, you didn't really feel like they were the better team. You felt like you, you shot yourself in the foot by just not being able to get a stop, something uncharacteristic of Mark Soup's defenses. So there's the positive spin on it is that, like, yeah, that wasn't – Dropping those two home games wasn't what we were looking for, and getting blown out against Georgia wasn't what we were looking for. But those three teams thought highly of on a national scale. Mississippi State, not. Just take care of the teams you're supposed to take care of. Things will be okay. On the flip side, playing devil's advocate there, Mm -hmm. UK's looked good in one game all season. There's been one game where we've said, aha, there's UK football. And that was the Florida game. Even in the Mm -hmm. cupcake games, things didn't look great. 
Uh, they looked, and, and that's fine. They were the first games of the season. It should look a little choppy. We, we didn't care. We didn't panic necessarily about that. But the last three games, you just haven't looked good. No, and they've had some of their moments here and there, but piecing together full games, hopefully getting away can actually help them kind of, all right, let's not press so much. Let's relax. Because I think that was – we heard that word about the offense going into last week before they had a big game. And you, I, I got similar vibes from the defense too. So hopefully getting away can help them relax some. But it still is a, a house of horrors for the Big Blue Nation. And I, I just hope that when we're getting into the middle eight right around halftime, that it's not a tight game and, think, you know, the ball starts – we get in this situation where you can start thinking like, oh, gosh, what the hell's going on here? Like, are, are, are we doing this again? Um, yeah. Cause I'm, ner- I'm, I'm nervous about it. This is also a must-win game for Mississippi State. They've been away from home for a long time, so they're finally getting back to their home place. I don't disagree with you that I think it could be a good thing UK just getting away from Kroger Field. Mm-hmm. Some teams can buy into like the road atmosphere a little bit better than others. This will definitely be Kentucky's toughest road atmosphere besides Georgia. Um, not really saying much, saying it's a better atmosphere than the Vandy game, but I don't know. I, I, I just I don't like where the state of UK football is. So them going down there and just looking sound, Roush, could go a long way for the final three games of the season for me, which are just, I mean, it's a colossal four game. This is a colossal November for UK football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, you know, September, about as good as it got. We would have liked them to maybe look better in those cupcake games, but no big deal. You won. October, as bad as it could be. November is going to decide what kind of momentum you have going into the offseason. Three and one, woohoo, Roush, like we're fine, you know? Like, yeah, that October, that Tennessee and Missouri games, those are rough, but with the momentum we're going to be feeling from a three and one November. Oh, yeah. We'll forget about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, two and two, depends on the two. One and three, terrible. Yeah. Oh, and four, wheels are off. No, yeah. Oh, House uh, on it's, fire. It's the, it's the gif where the, the, the car's driving and they just, they, they do just pop straight off. So, yeah. Um, so much is on the line. Remember for November, man. And it <laughs> and it it starts on Saturday. I mean, the tone gets set on Saturday. Because if you lose Mississippi State, you obviously are, know what's going to happen in that Alabama game. And then it's just, can we regroup again one final time, our last stand, two road games at South Carolina, at Louisville. My confidence wouldn't be high in them being able to regroup for those final two games. Or you beat Mississippi State, Roush, you go into the Alabama game, who knows what happens? Maybe you play them close where you feel good about things. And if you close out the season beating South Carolina and Louisville, a lot of people are going to be happy. So it all starts tomorrow night down in Starkville. Oh, cats. Find a way to make some history. Let's get to oh, the man. next line. Let's do it. 502-414-1450. Stop by your neighborhood Thorns today. And make sure you download the Refresher and Rewards app because, TJ, I noticed they've got a huge sweepstakes too. I want one of our listeners to win the, I think it's 5000 bucks. You get an entry every time you scan your Refreshing Rewards ID. So they're giving away money this holiday season. Win some with our friends at Thorns. I want to win. Can I win? Does that yeah. have to be a listener? Can it be me? Every, anybody can win. 
A uh, texter on the Thornton's text line says, Field of 68 may be shadow banned, too, looking at their engagement on these Kentucky tweets. <laughs> they had some bad engagement numbers people noticed. Uh, but, you know, I- ignore them. If you don't like their content, ignore them. Uh, I will say they hired Jack Grossman to do some U of L stuff for them. That's a good call. Jack Grossman knows ball. He's a good kid. Uh, that's a good hire. And then they did some catch coverage people for UK coverage on field of 68, but I'm not as familiar with those guys, uh, but a cool opportunity for them. So I like field of 68, getting more people involved in college basketball. They've just got a, a couple goobers at the top. No big well, deal. I, their initial strategy of hiring names uh, didn't work because most names don't know the, the podcasting grind. Mm-hmm. They just, yeah. they, they, they don't. And I, I don't mean that to sound like a, uh, Oh, look how cool I am. But like, does no, I don't Larry... think anybody, nobody took it that way. Don't worry. But, um, you know, I mean, does, was it Larry O'Bannon? I know they have like Wayne Turner. Does Wayne Turner want to talk about the cats after a bad loss at 11 o'clock at night? No, he, he don't care. <laughs> that, that's how a lot of it is. But these other people, they'll grind. So hopefully that turns into some good content for Kentucky fans. Um, Podcast listener here, future Halloween suggestion for Stone Cold Dingus. Oh, wait, we already got that here. Give out the yeah. beers, trick-or-treaters. Yep, single moms, we, we got that. Didn't uh, expect a beat writer Kyle's quality to do the it hasn't been the same since 2015 thing, but I guess that's where the relationship between the program and the media is at at this point. I don't think anybody brought that up to Cal yesterday or did somebody. I was looking for it. Uh, I, it. I don't think so. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I, people may get upset about that. People may not. I, what do you, uh, you know, what, one of those things though, kind of goes back to my big talking rant yesterday. Like, what is he going to say about that stuff? Oh. I haven't changed since 2015. Um, my former staffers are entitled to their own opinions. Like none of it has happened new at this juncture, all of it's stuff that has happened previous but then again, I guess I am, you know, I did. If you would have asked me before, do you think somebody asked a question about it? I would have guessed yes. So I'm a little surprised somebody just didn't bring it up. Yeah, because the, um, I don't even know the way you go about it, though. Like, other than just outright saying it. So what do you have to say about Kyle Tucker's story in The Athletic? There and was he- an article saying just how unstable the program's been over the years, and your sense is what is the stability of Kentucky basketball? Boom. Boom. You don't want to uh, ask a yes or no question. You want right, to ask right. a question where they got to take it. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd be interested how he'd answer that question. Well, we've got the number one recruiting class. I think we're ranked top 20 in the country. Blah, blah. We're playing one of the toughest guys. You know, I don't know. He probably would have ran with that, Roush. Uh-huh. I don't know if he would have specifically addressed, like, yeah, I know who some of those little snot-nosed anonymous sources were, and I fired them. I fired all their asses. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't expect him to do that. It'd be fun, though, if he did. Kirby says, another fun fact, took the family to Salem for fall break, and one of the ghost tours, they asked a trivia question about the movie film there, and my eight-year-old nailed it, that it was Hubie Halloween. The tour guide then went on a rant. It was the worst movie ever, and I thought my son was going to fight her. It's watchable. It is watchable. It's not a great movie, but it's a it's a fun little silly Halloween movie that kids would get into. And there's like little Easter eggs in the background too that are that are fun. Yeah. Jay Lucas and Joel Justice are the sources. Surely, I would almost 
guarantee at least one of those, but I agree with you on probably both of Not to tell you guys how to do your show, but maybe a text line focus first two segments could get you help caught up. Oh, stop with your crazy ideas. Yeah, and also when there's just a lot happening, like this time of year, we need to share our takes, you know. Uh, well, Texter, no, you're totally right. Like, if we spent more time earlier on in the text line. But there is a sense of, like, hey, we need to give our stances and take It's our show. What is, it's our show, days. damn it. Um, <laughs> but, no, you're right. But That's a good way of how we would get caught up. But at some days, some weeks, just like this week, stuff happens. It's, it's a good thing for the show if we feel like we've got too many texts. Lots of people saying it's not an opinion piece. Don't really agree with that, given the context of the quotes and the fact that they're all anonymous. Also, the bit about Big Blue Madness seemed like an unnecessarily pile on top of all the other stuff. Yeah, but he used the Big Blue Madness. Roush said this on Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever day it was. He used the Big Blue Madness to say, like, it seems like things are changing. They're planning on things to change, but... Are they? Are they? And Kyle doesn't think they're going to, or that they are, or that they have. And he threw that in there to show, like, I don't think that they're changed, just so mm-hmm. people know. But the thing is, Big Blue Madness is, like, marked for death. Unless you do it at a different facility, Yeah, it's it's not, like, it's, a like practice, some... it's an introduction of the players. And the reason it was so popular early on is because Kentucky hadn't gotten those type of players for such a long time. Well, they hadn't had a and it was an actual excited about for a long time. So there it was, was an actual reason... introduction, too. Like, that's, that's the – Big Blue – these events, like – they became a thing in the 80s when we didn't have preseason practices, when we didn't have – I mean, that was their first practice ever of the year. And then it was like – We right, got to hey, watch them play for a week in Canada. They're going to come know. down from the rafters. We're going to put a video – we're going to put the video board on the court and do a fun animation thing. We're going to have – like there's only so many little gimmicks you can do. And over the course of decades, you use them up. So Big Blue Madness, like, again, that's why we preface it the way that we do. If you've never been before, go. You'll have fun. Keep your expectations in check. If it's something you've been to before, it's going to be pretty similar to what you've seen before. Until they do it at a different facility or a different venue, or there's just only so much you can do. And Roush is right. Like, we already, you know, we Mm -hmm. know the players at this point. It's not not a new experience anymore. And that's just life. A texter says, the article will give Nick's former ex-boss an even greater sense of self-importance, exactly what we need. I'm sure former staffers don't need and don't have an ax to grind at all. And I would just mention again, they may have not known the context of the story. They may have been asked, you know, did that Wisconsin loss hurt the head coach? Well, yes, obviously it hurt the head coach. Um, now the one that was more keyed where things could be going terribly in practice and he's more focused on this, that, or whatever. Okay, that, that one, yeah, uh, that texture is right. Maybe a former staffer doesn't have an axe to grind at all. But also, maybe the former staffer could be accurate. Maybe he's telling the total truth. Again, I just don't think any of that in that article changes anything for this year, Roush. Let's hope not, at least. Let's hope not. Um, I'm, can I uh, – actually, I'm, I won't jump ahead. It's just I, I, I kind of want to put the Kyle article to bed. So let, let me read these texts real quick, and then we'll get to a break that are a little bit further down. So the thing with the Kyle Tucker article is that his last football article was October 4th, and it was a butt slapper piece about Stoops. Which is fine, but it's funny he hasn't wrote about them since. He goes, one week before basketball, let's write a hit piece on Kyle Perry. Again, it's all rainbows and sunshine for the football team, and doom and gloom for the basketball cats. It's so tiring. Um, so we started the day with Kyle's article, and we're ending it with Chris Fisher saying that cookie cake for a recruit, we're going to the land of emblematic of, <laughs> we're going to land is emblematic of Kentucky's downfall. 
All right, the thing with Kyle that we have to remember, too, is that Kyle does write for a national audience. Kentucky football isn't relevant now to a national audience. They were relevant then because they beat the crap out of Florida. So before they went to Georgia as a top 25 team, he had an article about them. Like, that's that that's why you don't get much about Kentucky football. But Kentucky basketball article behind the scenes about why they haven't been as good over the last few years for a national audience, that that – that has an impact. Like that's why it's one of the most read stories out there because that's that's a big story in the grand scheme of college basketball. Kentucky's a one of the biggest stories in college basketball every year. So that's why you get a little bit. I had the initial reaction, uh, admittedly, that a lot of folks had that it was like this timing of this is is weird. But I, you know, I know how some of these stories work, especially when you're trying to get a ton of different people to talk. They can take time, and I don't think that I think the timing was more. Hey, it's the start of college basketball season. Yeah, What's right. A college basketball college story. story. Yeah. Uh, just so happens, UK is on a three-game losing streak, and I tweeted that out. And I, I wasn't trying to like throw more fire on the basketball football debate, but like if you're Mark Stoops, you do ha- you factually have to be loving this. Like, hey, we're zero and three. People aren't thrilled with things that are happening with the football program a negative calipari article all right like people are talking about him again it it is good you know if you're mark stoops it's a doggy dog world out there you got to look out for number one he's got to be kind of happy that the attention has been moved off him at least temporarily although i'll say this mark you lose on saturday people are just going like people are going to lose their minds because it's going to feel like it's going to feel like the season's over at that point. Yeah. And unless yep. you finish incredibly strong, the season will kind of be over. Now, having the Louisville game at the end of the season is that like carrot in front of the donkey, where it's just like, it, no matter how bad things get, you can't like you, you can kind of make it all up to some degree with that one, or you can make everything a million times worse with that one. But Saturday night, absolutely huge game. We need to take our last break. We do. Um, I just want to say there's some guy that just – I have a neighbor who's just been trying to start their car for like 15 minutes. It's not turning over, and I don't – it's it's not working, buddy. Like you, well, make sure you – Try maybe, something else. Do you think they're tuned into the big X or the battery's dead so they can't even hear that? I think that's what it is. I think the battery's just dead. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Well, make they sure you keep us updated. Yeah, yeah, and I got, I got three Breeders' Cup horses that you need to bet on. Saturday uh, or Friday uh, and Saturday. So I'm going to be on the other side of the break. To be Three horses. On that. Uh, we'll do picks of the week. We got a lot of predictions, all of it. We'll get to it. This is KRC. I'm Big X. One final segment coming up next. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. Putting a bow on the end of the week. Friday edition of the show. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. All right, Nick Roush, let's hear your Breeder' Cup winners. So today is Future Stars Friday. First Breeders' Cup host is at five, and those races are on USA Network. It's a lot of uh, a lot of youngsters that haven't raced a lot, so they haven't put a lot out there on tape. But I do like in race six, number one, Candied, 
It has all of the right connections that I like. It's out of Candy Ride, Louis Size, the jockey, Todd Pletcher, the trainer. Great wins. Two wins so far, undefeated. It's gotten better at each time up and won a big one at Keeneland. So I like Candied. Uh, that'll be a good price. The number one in race six. And then tomorrow, we have – my, my, my tip is that to do a daily double, put like 10 bucks on in just single Cody's Wish and a daily double with Didier. Uh, Cody's Wish, I believe, is race three. Didier is in race four. That horse is going to go off around 10 to one. Could be a bomb. Um, so I, Cody's Wish is going to be a huge favorite uh, in what should be a really interesting race. A national treasure, the Preakness winner, is going to be racing against him. So it's going to be it's going to be a good one. I think Cody's Wish gets it done though. Do a daily double there, and then in the Breeders' Cup Distaff, uh, you all, you like to give me a lot of crap for liking Brad Cox, TJ, but Brad Cox has good fillies. Um, he's had a filly win this race twice. Um, I think six filly winners since 2018 in the Breeders' Cup. And idiomatic, it has been. Uh, it was she was a late bloomer but has been absolutely awesome and ass kicker. She beat the best in her group in the competition, right? Secret Oath and Nest. Their, their Nest hasn't officially retired. Secret Oath did. But those two were the best of this class. And she kicked her asses in the personal ensign this summer at Saratoga. Um, and then won, uh, I believe, at Keeneland in October. It might have been Churchill in September. But uh, – She's going to be going up against a Baffert horse, too, that's going to take a lot of money. So take Idiomatic in the Breeders' Cup distaff. Should be like three to one or so. So take Idiomatic. Win bet. Well, right, what ride. number is that? I think it's race seven Saturday in the distaff. Cody's Wish and all them. They're running tomorrow, Nick too. Nick Roush taking a Brad Cox horse, everybody. There you go. There you have it. Who didn't see that one coming? All right. Well, I wrote hey, all you, down. you, you got you got to have systems too in horse racing. Candy rods, Brad Cox. Yeah, we, you know we we go back to that. Well, was surprised West Ward didn't have any sprinters uh, out there. But yeah, you know, uh, it's 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 kind of a weird Breeders' Cup. Not very loaded, but hey, they're still racing. I'll still be watching. I'll still be gambling. Should be a lot of fun uh, this weekend uh, in college football. Should be yep. pretty good too. We'll get some picks on later, but we want to give back to our textures. Let's just start at the bottom and work our way up. Yeah. yeah. Is, this, is this how the this works in most places? No beat writers ask the coach about a big story concerning him. Everybody is loud behind the coach's back, but they get all quiet and mumbly when someone brings up the press asking the coach about it. Well, it's also the – it's also weird to do that in a post game. I get it's an exhibition, so it doesn't matter as much. But usually you ask about the game after the game, and you don't ask about the other stuff. But I don't know. If anybody was going to, I would imagine it would be Ben Roberts, and he usually doesn't have any sort of qualms about asking tough questions. But I don't – If know, somebody wants to pay me more money, I will go ask the questions. Dun, dun, dun. Anyone? Anyone? Anybody want to give uh, TJ I, I, more money? No, not really. Wouldn't you guys agree that it's been a great college football season so far? Yeah, it's 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 fun, the openness of it, and the fact that the arguably the best team in it is in the middle of a big scandal. So, No, I, I think the fact that like the scandal has been the talking point of this season shows just how like boring of a season it's been. Wow, that's such a loser take, TJ. I just disagree wholeheartedly with it. You want a loser take? Look at your pick'em record, buddy. 
Ho! Um, which, by the way, Bill Connolly, one of his best bets uh, is Kentucky minus three and a half in Mississippi State. That line's at four and a half right now, what I'm seeing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Texter says, this Kentucky basketball team is the second-round uh, second team at best, and Bradshaw isn't going to play for you all. He's waiting to go play professionally. I think that Texter texted that in yesterday. Bradshaw what? back in a week or two per cow. Maybe Cal's just a big Diamond Rio fan. <laughs> Maybe. TJ doesn't get have the glitz, but it's, but there's also a Polar Express in Union, Kentucky, that is a lot less hassle. You get the full experience in French Lake, but you definitely pay for it. Yeah, I don't want to be con- like, and I know that this is uh, this is not going to happen. I don't want to become. I don't want to know all the best Polar Expresses in the region. I don't want that to be my life. <laughs> so stop, Texter. Uh, I'm glad that there's one in Union. That's cool that we're going to the one in French Lick. It's sadly probably going to become a holiday tradition, but uh, I don't want to become familiar with all of them. Thank you. Bobby Knight would never return to Bloomington on his own, it seems. They tricked him in, into going. His mind was not there. He almost fought Dickie V that day. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Scoots, any comments? No. I mean, I'm, I'm with you all. It was weird. But, I mean, Dickie V came out and said there was there was nothing nefarious about it. Like, that's how they've always acted towards each other. But it yeah, did. What was he, he going to say? What was he going to come out and be like, that dude is not all there? That's true. You know? Although, imagine. Uh, just never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. Alex from Colga finishing up yesterday's pod on the way to work this morning. When I took JQ and Michael on their unofficial visits, I took them to KS Bar. Can I get a, Can I be a KSR bar star? Also, Roush saying Barryon is good at football. See attached sarcastic gif. But for the real sophomore slump of all, but for real sophomore slump of all sophomore slumps. Yeah, I still uh, he's still pretty good though. Had a good game. Pretty you know, I liked what I saw against Tennessee. Yeah. Oh man, Roush, people really took off. Rutherford spent about forty-five minutes talking about your tweets with Deputy Doofus. Really? Isn't... Yeah. He was really kind of he, – he was coming at – Rutherford was kind of coming after you. Yeah, I uh, I almost wrote year. about it yesterday, but it's like, dude, we're getting worked up on a Thursday about something that happened on a Saturday. And if it was such a big deal at the time and you were at the game and saw what happened, then you would have a different opinion because nobody at the game talked about it after the game. People who saw the clip four days later are making a big deal about it because it wasn't they, a big deal. They said this may be one of, like, the biggest insults I've ever heard. I, I nearly called into the show to defend your honor. They said that you're UK's deputy doofus. Oh, God. That's gross. Oh, man. That's brutal. No, because I even – when it happened, I was I was perked up in my seat looking down there. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why? Are, what are they doing? And then, like, they kneeled down to pray, and then Tennessee came on the field, and then, like, a dozen players went down to pray at the other end. Like, this is – this is like an FCA thing that they do. So if you want to go and make a big yeah. deal about it, then go make a big deal about it. But that's a loser, weird-ass thing to make a big deal out of five days after the game happened. Rutherford went on a big rant about how Kentucky's like one of the dirtiest teams in college football, and now everybody knows it because this video's getting out there. <laughs> it's like, also, uh, that, another person – or go ahead, sorry. Uh, but another person texted in. It's like, wow, football players talk trash. Breaking news. I mean, 
Well, that's the take of a team that's lost by 100 to their rival over the last several seasons. Remember when they had a player that got kicked out of the game that, like, fought their AD to get back in the game? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, like, like you can't just like, like doing this whole thing where you're another team and you're trying to get mad at another team for talking trash too. It's such like that's the biggest loser it talk really because every every team talks trash. Like mm-hmm. it's so, but they so do it. But they do it dirty. They're dirty when they do it. They talk too much trash. Shut up and stop losing by hundred to us. And secondly, I love that, like, you can have that video. And again, I don't think it's a good look. I said it yesterday. I don't think it's a great look. I don't think it's a great look strictly because you lost. If you win, I love that video. If you lose, I hate that video. Well, unfortunately, UK came up short and they lost. But I love that they just, like, can't believe the notion that they were over there to pray. And they can't comprehend the fact that, like, Tennessee and Kentucky are supposed to come out at the same time. Tennessee didn't. So it kind of caused this awkward thing. I agree. UK should have stepped to the side. They didn't. A big brawl didn't happen. So good. And it ended up just being teams talking trash to each other, Roush. Yeah. And nothing happened. Man, you all are going to get to play us. Don't worry. You all are having a more fun season than we are right now. But everybody knows the elephant in the room. And Mm -hmm. that's that we own you all. And you're going to get a chance to end that. But until then, stop sounding like such freaking dorks, please. Uh, I want to... One more thing before we get to the text and our picks. Victor Wimbignana had 38 and 10 last night. Um, I, I and the Spurs upset the Suns, uh, kind of a title front runner. He's he might make me watch the NBA some. I went over to my buddies, watched the second half, and they were arguing over if Victor Wimbignana is going to be good. And then he was just out there doing alien stuff. So go watch the highlights, they're they're a lot of fun. Yeah, he called back to the mothership and said, we are ahead of schedule because he is. Like, I, <laughs> you know, crazy. people thought he may dominate the NBA someday, but like day four of his time yeah, on this that planet. Was crazy. Um, a texter says, TJ, great polar express off Dixie Highway. The train goes over several frozen above ground pools, really gets you into the season. Johnny, you got to take it easy with the frozen, the above ground pool Ooh. jokes. Hey, TJ, you should tech, check out the, the polar express down in Stearns. The ride ends in an old coal mine, so kids get the full experience seeing the back-breaking labor powering old St. Nick's Holiday Empire. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that true about Stearns? Uh, John here. Good TGIF morning. The Cats looked really good last night. That was a complete game the fans were looking for. The football Cats learned a lot against the balls. I believe they can build off that experience in time for an effort and for victory. Hey, my MVPs of the game are going to be all the wide receivers. Their yak will be very nice. I have the Cats winning by 10 on the road in the SEC, which will be very tough, but Supes will get it done. We'll got to go. You'll have a great weekend. I will talk to you later. Don't care about how many points UK wins, Roush. Just need a win. Need needs Supes to get his first SEC West road win. Last chance at it. We need winners. Give us some winners. Uh, Cal Perry saying Big Z was out with food poisoning. I genuinely think Cal just likes to spew out total bulls away to troll the fan base and get underneath their skin. Is that fair or unfair? Not a chance anyone actually believes that. Not even TJ. Oh, I, I do believe it. See, the thing is, like, I just why, but like, why wouldn't they have him there? You know, if it wasn't something like food poisoning related, like he could be he on was, the like, bench. Literally just pooping his brains out. You know, like, I, couldn't couldn't it be feasible? Are people really going to lose their minds about Cal not wanting a team? They played a ton of money to be here and play zone. This is yeah. See, if anybody's going to make a big deal about that, is just trying entirely too hard. Nobody should really care about that. This is and it's not new. It's not new. He's done that with his entire time at UK. I bet he did it at Memphis and UMass. 
This is an exhibition game, basically a structured scrimmage. Teams play at a level of scrimmage, and the coaches talk to each other about what they're trying to get out of the game and what they're planning to work on. With the amount of injuries they've had so far, it shouldn't be a surprise they want to focus on running their main offense since they've been doing a ton on five. Five on five in practice, I'd rather this be a great at running their main offense than implementing the zone offense, which will only be used a few times this season. I disagree with, with you there. I think teams are going to zone UK a bunch because they're not going to be able to stay in front of the guards. Besides zone is the easy thing to play and attack, uh, attack the gaps and the ball, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Cal kind of touched that. Uh, I agree with your overall sentiment, just way too long of a text. What in the hell did Syracuse and Roush betting them have to do with this Thursday night college football preview yesterday? Yeah, I thought they were playing, and I, I was wrong. I was just very, very wrong. Tonight, Syracuse, Boston College. Okay, all right. See, knew there was a weeknight where Syracuse was playing. Boom. Did you see the possum on the field? I did. How funny. Everybody loves a good animal on the field. Did you see the part of my take people? got the – Tiffany the, Gomez. The, the plane girl? Yeah. Which she is, is so weird. She, it is so weird. I wonder if, like, uh, is she single? Yeah. Oh, interesting. PFT's not, though. He's married. They're both PF- married. PFT's married? Yeah, they're both married. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But he doesn't have yeah. any kids, right? Uh, I don't believe so, no. The, K- the Kyle Tucker story is a lot more notable when you look at it from the perspective of national college basketball fan and not a Kentucky fan. A bunch of stuff we've known about, but others haven't. Yeah, Ralph said that. That's a good point. Barion hasn't been pretty good at football this year. Uh, no, he had a good game last week, though. So. Moving in the right direction. I've yep. given you straight fire diesel on the text line, and they're not even being read. Sad. Well, we're lucky we even got to that one. Um, we've just had so many of them. But we do apologize. We don't, we're not trying to hide from text messages. We just got too many of them. Does Stoops even have control of this program anymore? I'm also tired of football not getting QBs and bringing in transfers, and then they take half a season to figure out Cohen's offense. This is recruiting, and it falls back on Stoops as the head man. Well, they've got two quarterbacks committed right now. They're blue-chip prospects, so that'll change. And if you think that Stoops has no control over his program and what his players are doing, buddy, I've got some stories to tell you about some other players, but we'll save that for another day. Lucky we do a radio show. We love stories. Like As much as people love Lynn Bowden and what he did on the football field, that dude was a huge pain in the ass. Like and they kept it together. So yeah, they I'd rather have together during Lynn Bowden than they can. They're they're keeping it together now. It was much more out of control then. I would love good football teams that are going through some growing pains and teaching lessons off the field than a terrible football team with just you know perfect humans that don't yeah. ever need to grow as people. Yeah, give me the good football. That's all. I'm not going to be shy about that. How? Many teams have we had post-2015 that were better than 2011 and 2014? At least three, in my opinion. It's all about the tournament. Great Man, point. That's Great a, point. That's a very good text. You know, yeah. that would be a fun exercise if we had more time. Let's just rank the regular season successes of teams. It would um, be, in which case, you probably, you know, 2019, the, 2020, the team that loses 2022. The, you know, those are getting ranked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, really, the best regular season probably was the team that lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Right, I'd say fifteen I mean, probably the best regular season. But besides, no, no, no. That, yeah, he's saying outside of fifteen. Uh, yeah, you know, I would probably say twenty ten. No, no, no. Oh, oh, you're talking about in general. I was just since twenty fifteen. Sorry. Uh, oh, well, yeah. yeah, I was lumping them all together. But yeah, yeah I hear okay. you. That it was right yeah. up there with it. Yeah. Um, um, picks, picks time. Yeah, let's do our picks. Uh, our record update. I am the leader. I'm 18 and nine. I've gone six and zero over the last two weeks. I'm on Jesus an incredible Christ, TJ. What a heater! I've which got 24 points. Second place means is 15, it's got to come to an end. 15 and 12 scoots, which is a pretty good record. 
Um, 19 points. He's five off the lead. Bringing up the rear, 11-14-2 is Roush. He's got 14 points, 10 points off the lead. Uh, just kind of getting bad luck with his locks more than anything else. Um, but not a good record altogether. All so uh, I'll go ahead and start it off. And I'm going with Nebraska giving three versus Michigan State. Um, yeah. The team that I have is kind of just if a team's dead this week, I'm poking them with a stick. Michigan State's dead. I know Nebraska stinks. By the way, that speech that came out of school. Oh, my gosh. Great. That was amazing. So good. Uh, give me Nebraska giving three. Scoots, what's your first pick? I'm going to go back to the well, something that worked for me last week. Didn't really like it last week. Don't really like it this week. But Wisconsin stinks. Give me Indiana plus nine and a half. Mm, Feels like Indiana's getting a little closer, but I feel like the second you start trusting Indiana football to do something consistently, they're going to let you down. But they're getting a little closer, Scoots. They gave Penn State all they could handle. So we'll see. Nine and a half there. Roush? Uh, Nebraska minus three is one I'm playing. It's not going to be one of my picks here because I, I, I got I got tons to give out. So I'm going to give you Penn State minus eight and a half. They're six and two ATS in their last meeting, eight meetings in this series. Um, I think they're going to bounce like that. Their letdown was last week against Indiana. This is a rivalry. They'll beat the hell out of Maryland, who has been dead since they fell at Ohio State. So what, what was that number? The stick. Eight and a half. Penn State minus eight and a half. That's a smaller number. All right, my second pick, go ahead and give me uh, – I've got a bunch of picks in different places. Arizona plus three versus UCLA. Similar to, like, I, IU, but in a much better fashion. Arizona's just been so close to beating a lot of pretty good teams. I think they actually get it done this weekend. Go ahead and give me Arizona plus three. I think they went outright, but if they don't uh, – you know, I'll take three points. So Arizona plus three versus UCLA. And I've liked UCLA this year for what it's worth. Military games always go under, especially when I see a number like 31 and a half. They can't go low enough on that. Give me under and under 31 and a half, Army and Air Force. Man, I uh, I was tempted to do that two scoots, but our, uh, Air Force is putting up some points this year, so – uh, I had to. I had to back away. I'm going for an over down in Bedlam, 60 and a half. It's the last Bedlam. I think things are going to get weird in Stillwater. Um, so, both teams playing in the 30s as of late. So, give me over 60 and a half in the Big 12 rivalry. Yeah, that seems like a smaller number for that rivalry. But both teams' defense is a little improved. Offense is maybe not as good. My lock of the week. Lock it up. Lock it up. Uh, like I said, if I see a dead body, I'm poking it with a stick. Florida five and a half versus Arkansas. I think the Gators roll by double digits. Arkansas is is toast, French toast. Um, they're dead. So go ahead and take the Gators large. That's my lock of the week. Florida five and a half versus Arkansas. Scoots. I'm gonna stick with the over under theme here. Thirty one and a half also for Iowa Northwestern. They can't go low enough. I'll take the under on that as well as my lock. Loving his unders. Roush last lock. Uh, cats minus four and a half. Let's ride, baby. Let's right. ride. Kentucky's so going to get it done in Starkville. Then we know your prediction there. I be one to 14. I think something's up with UK football. And I think Mississippi state gets an emotional big win at home, 21 to 20. And I really, really hope to be wrong. If nothing else, I picked UK against Tennessee. Maybe I've just got some, I got to jinx it up here a little bit. Everybody have a great weekend. Scoots, you more than anybody else. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. DJ Walker, Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Monday when the basketball season starts. It's a party, it's a party.
It's a party, it's a party, it's a party, it's a party, it's a party.